Hey everyone, welcome back to Disabled Black Chick, where we talk about all things mental health, travel, and disability. My name is Sierra Gervier. I am the host of this podcast, and I know this is, I'm being consistent. I, <laughs> from my last, um, from my last episode, the Goodbye 2021 episode, I was talking about goals and some changes that I want to make within my life and I'm starting it now. I'm not waiting until the next year. Um, and one of the things that I want to uh, like continuously do and keep in mind with everything um, is to be consistent. That's something that I know that I fall short on and I really want to get into the habit of creating habits, of being habitual um, and uh, with things that is full of purpose. Um, and I like talking. <laughs> I mentioned this before. I like talking. I'm a conversationalist. I want to revamp my YouTube channel, but sometimes when I have like these bright ideas about YouTube, um, I the way that I look, I it's like so much that goes into creating a YouTube a video because. Yes, appearance is something. It's not everything, but it's something. And most of the time, especially when I come home from the gym um, and I don't really have to leave my apartment, I um, kind of look a little busted, to be honest. <laughs> not busted, but, you know, not YouTube video ready. And so with the podcast, I can be consistent and throw out a 30-minute podcast um every week and this is something that I really want to kind of get my feet wet with it and uh and just be consistent you know that's that's what I'm doing that's what I'm doing so on today's episode I want to talk about what it's like to travel disabled what it's like for expat living um, and one of the reasons why I've, I've gotten this idea today was because the new episode of Emily in Paris is out and there's so many opinions about it. Some people like it, some people don't, and they gave their their view on, on this American moving to Paris and, you know, she is just this ditzy, airheaded American who, you know, has a lot of talent and knowledge about her position within her job. Um, but she can be a bit airheady. <laughs> um, you know, some of the things that she's saying, you know, bringing the American culture into, into Europe, into, into Paris and how these Parisians have like this view of this silly ditzy American. And so, you know, I, I wanted to just talk about that, about what it's like for one to be just traveling while having a disability. And for those that don't know, I am a below the knee amputee. I lost my leg over 10 years ago um, from cancer. I had cancer. Oh, well, actually, it would be 11 years tomorrow. <laughs> um, maybe I'll do a bonus episode about my, my cancer story. Um, so anyway, so... You know, I've before I decided to bite the bullet and to travel internationally, period, um, 
I was a bit apprehensive. I was a bit nervous, a bit insecure about what other people would think about seeing an amputee. How would they receive seeing this tall, you know, bushy haired, I have an afro, um, you know, brown skin, curvy girl, you know, I, I don't. I didn't know what to expect. And so, so far, you know, things, I get the stares. I get stares regardless. Um, people here specifically in, in Spain, they stare a lot, especially when you're in smaller towns and um, in like smaller cities outside of of Madrid and Barcelona, people will stare. So I get a lot of stares in my town, in Toledo, where I live. And, you know, I've gotten used to it. Sometimes when I'm not in the mood, I'll just kind of give like a little attitude and like, you know, aggressively say hello. Um, or I'll ask someone if they have any questions, but they just stare at me because of how I look, not so much of my my disability in a sense not really i get more of oh she's different type of thing I, i don't know um one of my friends said that people here stare at me because you know i'm they they think i'm attractive but i think it's more of she looks different this is interesting that's what i think i, I don't know that's how i feel about about it but traveling in general as a disabled person who where I have to carry all of my equipment with me, it can be a pain. And I'm honestly trying to think of solutions for me and other amputees, especially when the world opens up and we're 100% free to travel without any restrictions um, and without you know any type of protocol. I want to find a solution, you know, especially for the members of the Paralympic team. I was a part of the Paralympics and traveling throughout the United States with my bags, my equipment, my prosthetics. It's a pain. It's heavy. It can be really heavy because I carry my prosthetics with me for every activity that I want to participate in. So if it's, of course, when I'm competing or not even this was in the past, I don't compete anymore, but Um, when I was competing, I had to carry a a golf bag or no, no, no. It's a um a baseball bat bag. <laughs> And I used to carry that. I would stuff as many legs as I could because I needed them. I needed them. And so now as a disabled traveler, I still I carry legs that I know for sure. Like yes or yes. There's a there's a I know this isn't this isn't a saying in English, but in Spanish it's like see or see, like yes, definitively yes, I'm going to use it. And so those legs are the ones that will go with me. So if I know that I'm traveling maybe for just, I don't know, three days, four days to another country, because of course, you know, being already living in Europe, you have easy access to other European countries and this part of the world, period. And so if I know I'm just going to travel for three or four, four days, I'll just bring two legs, my gym leg and my everyday leg. My everyday leg is just a leg that has a smaller foot. So I'm able to easily fit this foot into every shoe that I want to wear. With my gym leg, it's 
I'm able to go to the gym, work out, feel comfortable. It's a wider foot and I need a shoehorn to to get my foot into my shoes and it can be a little tricky. So um so that's why I travel with two legs. Uh but if I know that I'm going to be gone for at least a week, um you know, f- 5 days plus I will bring my running leg because I love running. Running is a natural release for me. And I've just gotten back into running, not long distance, but, you know, distance running um, because, you know, I'm a sprinter. (laughs) And so um, and I I still sprint from here uh, here to there. I kind of sprint every now and then. But for the most part, I do like. I started doing distance, short distance running. So, so yeah, so I travel with my legs. I bring my legs with me because I want to be comfortable. I want to be able to bring my entire life while on vacation. And yes, I am that girl that will plan to work out and to be active while traveling. That's just me. And that is excluding the long walks that I will do every day from traveling. So my goal, one of my goals is to figure out some sort of equipment bag or something for people of a disability that can't check in their prosthetics um, at the gate when checking in for a flight. Because the airline is not going to be liable if those prostheses are going to be are crushed or damaged or mishandled. So I always carry it with me. But when uh, carrying, lugging those legs, I am telling you, I get the most incredible back pain from that. All right, so let's talk about expat living. Um, and again, like one of the reasons why I thought about talking about this is because the new episode, the new season of Emily in Paris is out and I couldn't even get through the first episode. It's just so cringy. It's very, um, I I don't know. It's just, it's just one of those series that I would probably just have in the background while doing getting work done on my computer or something. Um I I saw the first season because it was it was cute. It was a little quirky and a little silly and yeah, there were those those little airheaded moments that she oh, there were, there were a lot of airheaded moments um in Emily in Paris in the first season. Um, but I kind of want to talk about this. I want to talk about expat, li- expat living and the realities of it all. Um, I don't live in Paris. I visited Paris. I have a good friend that lives in Paris and I had, um, haven't seen her since my first year of, of living here in, in Europe. But I've been to Paris, very beautiful city. Um, you know, there, I know there are stereotypes about Paris and the people, the Parisians and how, um, cold they are and angry. And I honestly didn't get that when I was there. I I don't know. And I've traveled with and with my friend throughout the city. So even without her and not speaking a lick of French back then, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I, I got around pretty fine. Everything was good. So again, I can't really give my honest opinion about living in Paris 
as an immigrant, but I can give my opinion about living in Europe as an immigrant, specifically in Spain. Um, but I, I, ha I do follow a lot of people on YouTube, um, including Damon Dominique. You, you guys probably already know this, especially if you are listening as an expat. Um, he lives in Paris. He's an American from Indiana and he lives in Paris and he vlogs and films all of his endeavors, everything that he experiences while living in Paris. And this is including the visa process and having issues with his apartment and everything that he has gone through. I'm like, this is me. I've been through this. And it kind of reflects some of the things that happened to Emily while she was living, while she is in Paris. And, you know, one of the things I used to live in a small, small, small apartment and um, in that apartment, the electricity will go out with if I had the microwave going my my washing machine going and the lights in my in my living room and this is a small apartment it's not like it's a huge apartment where I'm using a lot of electricity the entire all of the lights will go out and there were moments where the electricity went out in the entire building and that was one of the things that happened in one of the episodes of Emily in Paris where I think she plugged in I don't know if it was her vibrator. I think it was. I was going to say a curling iron. She plugged in her vibrator and all of the electricity went out in her building and it was her fault. And so I've been through that. I've seen that. I've witnessed that. Um, and, you know, I thought it was I thought it was pretty funny because I've experienced that. But some of the things that they don't talk about, like the rawness and authentic um, life that expats might experience while living in a foreign country specifically a european country and i know this is a show but you know i just feel like they just glamorized her and she's just skating her way through paris um as this american working you know at this this company and you know they don't talk about the visa process and you know how excruciatingly painful it is to go through this process and you know the hiccups that you might receive and especially if you live in a small town like how I live in Toledo and I cannot get away with speaking English to any of the people that work in the foreigner's office. In Madrid and Barcelona, of course, it's a bigger city, so a lot of people don't have to necessarily use the the Spanish language in order to convey what they're trying to say. But for me, it is different. I um I oh my god, I've spent I've spent some time in the office if it was getting I don't know the word in English, but it's called a regreso. It's like a document when you're in between, um, when you've submitted your application for your visa, but you don't yet have the card for your visa, um, but you are just in that weird waiting period. So everything is approved, but you're just waiting for them to print out your card. And if you wanna travel outside the country, you need to get a document that gives you permission to, to come back to the country with an expired visa. I did that last year when I went home to see my family for the holidays. And boy, oh boy, I cried in that office because there is a guy, a man that works in the office who is 
a, a complete xenophobe. He is super xenophobic. And I am not the only one that have witnessed this before. There is an entire Facebook um, page that talks about this. People, when I walk in and out of this office, people are always talking about this one guy. And there's only one foreigner's office in the city and I have no other choice but to deal with this guy every single time. Um, luckily, now because of COVID, you can submit things online and that's what I've done. So literally the only thing that I have to do um, when I get my visa is to get my my fingerprints and to pick up my card and that's it. I don't have to deal with anyone. Um, so thank God that, you know, I don't have to go through that anymore. But, you know, that's one thing that, you know, a lot of expats struggle with is that you have to legally be here. You have to show documentations that you can legally be here in Spain. And so and there are many different types of visas that you can get. And I believe there's another visa, a new visa that, that the EU is coming out with, specifically Spain, because I think they're trying to stimulate the economy. And it's a digital nomad visa. And I think it's pretty, pretty dope um, that they have this new visa coming out early next year. And I'm pretty sure a lot of, this is going to you know, influence a lot of people to come and travel to the EU, um, specifically Spain, and live here beyond the 30-day, um, sorry, the 90-day, uh, uh, what is it called, travel visa. <laughs> sometimes I, I have complete brain fog sometimes. Um, so, so yeah, so, you know, I thought that was interesting that, you know, just referencing back to Emily in Paris, how they she is just literally dropped into Paris and she is just thriving as this um in this marketing firm I believe she works at and you know doesn't talk about any of the hiccups living in Paris besides the fact of you know her going through relationship issues and her boyfriend you know breaking up with her because she moved to Paris and you know all of these things but it doesn't talk about what it really is like to be an American living in Europe, the highs and the lows. Um, and so like, I kind of want to go off tangent, but still on the same topic, you know, Damon Dominique, the YouTuber who, um, who uh, creates videos about travel and, and vlogging. And he talks, he documents like he's, he's in incredible. He has an incredible skill when it comes to um, documentary and, you know, documenting his everyday life in p living in Paris and traveling ar around Europe and e including in the United States. And uh, so, so yeah, like I, it made me think about him and it made me think about when he, um, when he was having visa problems and visa issues. And I'm like, oh, been there. When he had issues with his apartment and needed a plumber to come and fix, you know, whatever, what was going on in his apartment, been there times 10. <laughs> um, having Wi-Fi issues. I think that was in his latest episode. Been there, done that. Oh my gosh. And so that's one person that I can... I can really relate to because, you know, he is an American and, you know, 
he's living in this this very European city and um and like I just feel like I'm like when I'm watching his his videos I'm like oh my god this is me I I just went through this just the other month or just the other day so I think it's pretty funny to to know that we're all in the same boat we're all in the same boat we're all trying to figure out this new life that we are trying to create for ourselves in this new country in this new city or a, a new town wherever you're you move to it it can be a struggle like i feel like a lot of people glamorize what it's like living in a different country and yeah of course you can romanticize it um however you feel and it could very well be just that it could be the truth it could be your reality and i do have i I would never move back to the united states to be completely honest i love living here in spain and i love traveling throughout the country and i love traveling to other countries and having you know very easy access to other countries uh but you know, stuff can get real. It can get very real, especially living in a country where the language is your second language. I know a lot of Americans, Black Americans that moved to London. And yeah, I'm sure it's very tough, you know, still being an, an immigrant, living in a different country, in a different city, but you speak the language. And so there's other girls and other YouTubers that I follow that live in London and and they talk about like a, the similar processes that I go through while living here in Spain but it's like this is one problem and then to layer another problem is that I have to know how to express myself and what I want and what I'm trying to say in a completely different language and it can be tra- uh, a little challenging but it, not impossible especially after living here for almost three years I uh I can pretty much, you know, hold a conversation and talk about my feelings and express what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I'm sure I I make mistakes. I'm nowhere near fluent, but I'm able to express my feelings and to understand what is being said to me. So, um so yeah, so but you know, especially when emotions are high, it's very difficult to stay for me to stay on track thinking in Spanish because I just literally want to just blurt everything out in English because that's where my mind regresses to when I'm just really trying to just get things out about what I'm trying to say. That happened to me when I, when I had an issue at the foreigner's office when I was talking about the regreso, trying to go back to the United States last year. That happened because I cried. <laughs> I cried. I cried leaving that that place. Oh my God. Definitely one for the books. Anyway, I feel like I'm rambling, but you know, honestly, living in a different country put everything into perspective for me. I know me being an American, I do have privileges regardless of my skin color. Uh, here in Europe, if you are an American, you are treated, at least in Spain, they will see you as top tier and it's incredible it doesn't matter your skin color um so i know like living here i do have certain privileges and honestly this makes me think like i know how the world views america america americans 
prior to the Trump um, election because I do feel that a lot of people have a different perspective on America um, and its country as a whole. But prior to that, I know that America had like this starry-eyed emoji uh, feeling where people living in America was the dream. Like if you made it to America, you made it in life. And that is how a lot of people, even some people now, feel that way. I don't see it that way, but um, what I'm trying to say is I understand, I can empathize, empathize, because I can't, I do feel like America has a lot of uh, deeper restrictions about, um, you know, being an immigrant and getting proper paperwork and visas um, to legally live in the United States. So I can't say I understand, but I want to say that I do empathize with the immigrants that are wanting to stay and live in this country and, you know, America, the land of opportunity, right? And so I understand what it's like to to be rejected, to have people lose paperwork, documents, and to be told that you have to come back because you made a mistake. And, you know, that pushes back a lot of things that you have planned for your life. I completely and wholly empathize with those people because now I'm in that seat uh, here in, in Spain. I'm experiencing something similar, not to that extreme, because I know that there's racist racism that's involved heavily with um, those people that are immigrants and that are moving to the United States. Yes, there's a lot of xenophobia here, specifically in this specific office in Toledo that I'm talking about. I don't know about what it's like in other regions of Spain. I haven't heard anything negative about any other places besides Madrid. Uh, but but there is a lot of xenophobia within this one specific office. So I I can empathize with people that are trying to just live and live a better life, you know, what they think is a better life, you know, leaving their home country and their family and trying to make it as a person and survive as a person. Uh, so I, I completely understand, empathize, let me correct myself. I can empathize with people that are, you know, in a similar situation that I'm in. So anyway, everyone, thank you so much again for listening to my podcast. I'm going to wrap things up right now. I will be back uh, next week with a completely different topic. And um, I'm excited to grow this platform to reach as many people as I can. In the meantime, and in between time, you can contact me at disabledchica at gmail.com. That's D-I-S-A-B-L-E-D. Chica, C-H-I-C-K at gmail.com. Disabled Chica at gmail.com. I am excited to hear from anyone that would like to for me to speak on different topics, to touch on different things. Um, or if you have any questions, reach out to me again at disabledchica at gmail.com. See you later.